0: I am your host Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag TV partner Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the
1: heck are your day, bud? Oh, it was an ultimate test of patience to get this show up and running, Cole. Uh, I have no problem uh, displaying the magic that it takes to put together this show today because we just had a a uh, a multitude of uh, troubleshooting. That we just had to go through in order to just get this episode going, and I use the word "ultimate" fittingly for the subject at hand today. Uh, I cannot wait to take it up with creative uh, uh, technology because I would like to—I uh, <laughs> <laughs> would like to rewrite some history on how we uh, troubleshooted these problems, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, yeah, it took us two hours
0: to get to this point where we could hit record, so uh, we'll just—we're just gonna apologize now. We're not going to filibuster for a half hour today uh, (laughs) because we're ready to rip out what hair we have left at this point. Uh, And so uh, today we're going to be discussing the Ken Shamrock, right? Oh, (laughs) yes.
1: In 1999, Ken Shamrock abruptly left the World Wrestling Federation, left sports entertainment to go back to his first love in the uh, world of mixed martial arts. Uh, For me, Cole, it was uh, gone too soon. I thought there was a lot of meat on the bone for Mr. Shamrock there, and he was tiptoeing around being the top guy in 1999. They uh, they were doing a really sweet storyline about his departure from the corporation, uh, but I- I'm sure we'll get into that during your recap of the man's career in the World Wrestling Federation.
0: Absolutely, and uh, I'll just get that started now since you gave me a wonderful introduction. Uh, so February 24th, 1997. It's crazy, 97, like, I feel like Ken Shamrock was there for such a long stretch of time, but it's like 19 months. Like, he's there, Mm -hmm. and he's gone, you know? So anyway, debuts in February, he is the special guest referee for one of the most wonderful and historically great matches in the history of the business at WrestleMania 13, the Bret Hart-Steve Austin submission match. Uh, Then they bring him in and he beats some jobbers and uh, it's wonderful. Then he uh, starts a feud with Vader. That's kind of an interesting start uh, for a guy like Ken Shamrock um, to just start right off with the monster like Vader. Uh, And they beat their beloved shit out of each other. And it was fun. Um, And then from Vader, he moved on to Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation and feuded with them throughout the rest of 1997. Uh, That, uh, storyline culminated at SummerSlam 97. Uh, Shamrock refused to let go of the uh, choke cold on British Bulldog after Bulldog embarrassed him, slapped him in the face with some dog food. And uh, so Bulldog won by disqualification, but Ken Shamrock really won the match. Yeah, and that's where
1: I really like started enjoying Ken Shamrock because afterwards, that's when he be like became the world's most dangerous man and snapped on everyone and freaking belly to belly suplex poor Pat Patterson and like yeah. the, the the iconic "Get Out of My Way" shrill. This the uh, uh yeah, it, it's bringing back some good memories. Please continue.
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful era. I mean, he really became kind of an insane person. Like you, you know, you you questioned. Uh, if he was sane or not. And they did a good job of establishing that character, Ken Shamrock, you know, is like unleashed, unhinged a little bit. And you didn't know. And uh, he did, however, have a title match with Shawn Michaels uh, in December at In Your House. Of course, that we all remember uh, very famously the Shawn Michaels, Ken Shamrock in ring on Raw where Shawn didn't take the lollipop out of his mouth and he was selling the ankle lock. And uh, it was the heyday of Sean being a dick to everybody. So that was fun. <laughs> and then uh in 1998, Shamrock feuded with The Rock for a nice stretch of time. Uh, he uh, lost to The Rock by disqualification at the Royal Rumble. Uh, he beat The Rock at WrestleMania. However, oh my God. However, Uh, He refused to let go of the ankle lock yet again. This is playing into the insane, unhinged uh, Ken Shamrock character. And so he ended up, the decision was reversed. uh, But he went on to win the King of the Ring 1998, beating uh, Jeff Jarrett in the semifinals and Rocky Maivia in the finals. Uh, Following the King of the Ring, we had that awesome feud with Owen Hart where they did the dungeon match. And then they did the Lion's Den match. And of course Owen won the dungeon match and Ken Shermock wins the Lion Are the Yeah, yeah, the Lion's Den match. With Dan and-
1: Severin as the referee at the dungeon, what kind of day must have must have that been? <laughs> like like kids coming over to play. Hi, Stu. Uh gotta, gotta can we use your basement?
0: <laughs> oh, good times had by all. Uh that leads us to uh where he ended up joining the Corporation, he won the Intercontinental title. And then, with Big Boss Man, won the tag title. So, Ken Sherrock rocking around with two belts uh, on his personality. And then, uh, oh, he did make it to early 99. In January mm-hmm. 1999, he, yeah, they lost the belts to Jarrett and Owen Hart, which is fun. Uh, and then he began feuds with, like, Billy Gunn and Goldust and Val Venus. And you've seen that we've kind of taken a turn a little bit. And we went from, you know, rubbing noses with Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Austin and Vader to like, all right, you know, Billy Gunn, Val Venus. Uh, That's when we brought in Ryan Shamrock, uh, joined the, <laughs> the ranks in February. Um, uh, duh, 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 duh. Ken Shamrock had a four way match at WrestleMania 15 for the Intercontinental title. Um, good times. Oh, sorry, 99 is when the corporation really began feuding with the Ministry of Darkness. Uh, and they, you know, the Undertaker kidnapped Ryan Shamrock, sacrificing her on the Undertaker symbol, all kinds of fun and exciting stuff. And uh, a little bit weird, I would say. And and then um, <laughs> Shamrock and the big show in Mankind... Uh, formed the union with test. Yeah. The <laughs> two test. by fours.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes. The union. And then, uh, which is just, just great.
1: <laughs> yeah. Let, uh, we'll go back to the whole ministry thing. You know, uh, when, when the ministry was abducting Stephanie, Ken Shamrock yes. was like the first in line to go, Hey, I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to get Stephanie back. And this was such a cool, You know, before Austin made the big save, this was Ken Shamrock's baby. He wanted to save Stephanie on behalf of the corporation and Vince, and it ended up being like really like personal for him. And he actually saved her at one point and then Undertaker got her back. And then Ken Shamrock cut a promo that really confused me at the time. I wish I would have experienced it at my age now because he like verbatim called Undertaker Mark on the microphone. He's like, Mark, this has gone too far. If you do not relinquish Vince's daughter back to us. I'm. I have no choice. I'm gonna end. Like I was like, oh my gosh, he's talking to Taker and he's using real names. I was. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was really cool. Like I really liked what they were doing with Ken Shamrock. So when it came out that Vince was the higher power, Ken was crushed and pissed off, and he was like, "You wait, you set all that up? I, you know, I was going out of my way to try to rescue your daughter for this shit." And that's when he turned on the corporation, became a super baby face and then join the union, and then it kind of spiraled from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so after that is all over, he has a, a brief feud with Jeff Jarrett, has the thing with Steve Blackman where yes. they used him to kind of get Blackman over, uh, and they had a bunch of weird matches with weapons and martial arts and some fun stuff. And briefly, see, this is where we got into this, where this idea came to life is that his last little feud in WWF was against Chris Jericho. Yep. (laughs) And Mr. Hughes, uh, Jericho's bodyguard, put Shamrock out in storyline. But uh, realistically, what happened is Shamrock wanted to go into MMA. He wanted to get back to it. And Vince would not let him do both. Um, He didn't want him getting hurt or, you know, losing MMA matches, which is just stupid. Uh, But, you know, that's how much we've progressed in the last 30 years at this point going from, uh, you know, oh, but I can't lose on TV for anything. it makes him look weak. And now we're like, oh, fuck it. Let's just have him shove his face up my ass and then get beat by 80 year old men. Like, who cares? Yeah,
1: it's so it uh, is. It is funny that they wouldn't let him do both in fear of losing. However, I mean, I guess I guess this really isn't the same because he did it while he was out of the company, but Lesnar's first match at UFC was getting tapped out.
0: (laughs) Right, right. But he wasn't with the company.
1: Yeah, so it doesn't count.
0: Yeah, but then he went on to be the UFC World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, (laughs) I think he made
1: up for things, yeah.
0: Yeah, and he was one of the only guys to do million-dollar pay-per-view buys for UFC, so
1: that's where we're at. I had high hopes for Ken Shamrock, and he kind of – he had like a perfect career, uh, you know, because he kind of left me wanting more. You know, I, I, right. I wanted I wanted him to stay. He didn't get stale. And uh yeah, and uh just doing a little bit of research on this, I, I relearned that his last feud was with Jericho, and Jericho put out the most dangerous man in a first blood match. So pretty sweet nineteen ninety nine for uh Chris Jericho to get the rub from Ken Shenrock there, who was capable of giving people the rub just because of his credibility.
0: Yeah. And then Ken Shamrock, you know, he wasn't done with wrestling by any means shit. I think he had a match like two years ago in in Impact. But, yeah. you know, he, yeah. he, he had a brief uh, stint at Ring of Honor and then moved on to TNA where he was the TNA. He was the NWA champion. He was, you know, the world heavyweight champion. And, and we got a lot more out of Ken Shamrock. But I feel like he was, you know, a couple short months away from that roster being totally revived and having a new just entire body of people to work with. You know, we we always talked about the what ifs with Owen Hart, but I think Shamrock's a perfect what if. That's why I said this was a a delightful surprise. It's not one that I would have thought of uh to, you know, Ken Shamrock. Cause typically we either talk about guys that had like mediocre like they didn't have do anything with these guys that we thought could have done a lot better or we're just having silliness with like silly guys but like this is one where it feels like he got about the right push it's not like they buried Shamrock or dropped the ball with him in any way he just was he just left yeah you know so so this is a fun exercise in doing something we don't normally do it just what if he stayed so yeah
1: I don't think we did a concept like this since the Razor episode
0: Right, right, yeah. I mean, we we've done it one time before, where it's like, well, what if Razor just stayed? Could we have made him a top guy? Absolutely. And I I uh, I don't know that we could make Shamrock a tippy top guy, but I definitely think we can make him a contender, and he'd be there and it'd be great. So. Yeah.
1: See, top guy is is uh, you know, it's all it's perception. You know, a lot of people consider top guy as the one who holds the belt. I don't think Ken Shamrock needs a belt. He's fucking Ken Shamrock it's already solidified that he can right. beat your ass in the street. So like, you know, I think he, at, even though he's a world-class athlete and belts did look good on him, he, he, definitely yeah. brought credibility to whatever championship he held. And he held quite a few, uh, right. But you know, he did for me, he didn't have to win the world heavyweight title, but if, uh, if he would have stayed, I think he could have got there.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially, uh, cause right then is right about the time when the belt stopped, being so meaningful anyway. And, you know, Austin lost it to Kane for a day. And then, you know, it just got passed around a lot. Like, I think if you add up Stone Cold's all of his title runs, they don't equate to like a year. I don't think even he has 12 months all combined with his three or four title reigns that add up to 12 months being the champion. It's it maybe slightly, I mean, it's got to be close,
1: but. Correct. Yeah, and I love when this comes up because I get to I get to provide once again my astute, um, you know, uh, hypothesis or I don't know, uh, just observation of Stone Cold. Uh, You know, you can say what you want about Stone Cold and Hulk Hogan. Um, When when Stone Cold won the title, you know, he was a victim of what next? You know, he didn't have a lot of challengers. They wanted to see him chase that title and overcome Vince McMahon trying to keep him from that title, whereas Hulk Hogan, he had a plethora of challengers and everyone wanted to see him retain, whereas Stone Cold didn't really have that luxury just because of the people he was with. You can only wrestle The Rock so many times. Right, and there wasn't a lot of
0: people coming up. Again, that's another one, too, where if Austin's the champion a couple years later, when the NWO comes back and and the WCW merger happens and everything, like, he could have had a lot of opponents. It's just, I mean, the territory system is gone. I think that's one of the things that fed into Hogan's title reign because that's what territories were doing for years and years and years and years anyway. So you'd get a champion, and then you'd bring in Abdullah the Butcher for, for six months, and then you'd bring in uh, Dick Slater for six months, Terry Funk. Like You just had all these guys, and eventually you'd bring in Andre the Giant And then finally, you'd be ready to move on at some point from that champion. But like now, nowadays, you know, the top guys are already there, like, and they have contracts. And so you know what the company is going to look like for the next three to five years. And so, unless you're organically building people up within the company, it's hard to have a plethora of challengers. So, uh, do you want to kick this thing off or do you want to let me go first on the Kin Shamrocks?
1: Well, it's up to you. I have a little bit more meat on the bone. Uh, I You know, I'll go first. You know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, because uh, I like to see what you have. We'll let you close the show. Let's see if it's worth closing the show today, Cole. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> but for me, for me, you know, I, thinking about Ken Shamrock, you know, the new generation era, era that we grew up on that, we loved it, but it was very cartoony half the time. You know, we had our top yeah. main players, you know, 97, you're right. It's a, such a good year. And, like, Ken Shamrock Ken didn't have a lot of time here. But, like, his involvement in that submission match, it's already Austin and Brett. It's already going to be a good match. But for whatever reason, his involvement in the match made like made it more legit. Made it seem like we need this ultimate mixed martial arts guy to hold things down for between these two guys. You know, that already that. Before even the moment happened where the match was, like, the greatest thing ever. Just that, on paper is selling the event and it's just just his appearance there and i think i think it was such a big pivot from the TL Hoppers and all the occupational gimmicks the goon it was like a light switch from that to okay we got Ken Shamrock this 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 guy who's super green you know on the on you know on paper but like him being in the ring with even the most tippy top guy is already making the perception of the casual fans buy in a little more just because they're they're fighting someone who is on paper supposed to be quote unquote real. Uh so yes. I thought that was such, you know, looking back in hindsight, because I was a kid when this happened, but looking back, I think that was such a good thing for wrestling. This is way before we had the Brock Lesnar's, way before we had the Kurt Angles. This was the guy, you know, that made the oh shit, what could happen when he's in there? And uh so where I'm gonna start, he did leave in '99. He lost a first blood match between Chris uh, against Chris Jericho. So I'm gonna take this all the way to the Royal Rumble, where he makes a big surprise return just midway through the Rumble. That is the Royal Rumble surprise. Um, you know, he doesn't win. You know, he kind of has the edge spot where like he returns. I mean, not nearly as long of a, of a, of a hiatus as Edge, but he's yeah. going to come in, but he'll like get eliminated with just, with just a quick elimination. like Not not quick, but just he got caught off guard. He doesn't yeah. win. doesn't matter. The big return is, overshadows his elimination from the Rumble. The next night on Raw, we get a follow-up that we should have gotten, much like the Take It Up With Creatives of our, of our pastime. I'm going to start Raw up with Taz in the ring, after Royal Rumble, talking about his debut the night before against Kurt Angle. It's the big interview of the big debut, but it gets interrupted by Ken Shamrock, who is out there to talk about his big return. And then Kurt Angle comes on and interrupts that and just starts burying both of them, saying that he's still undefeated and that the match last night didn't count because it was a choke. And speaking of choking, it's nice to see you return, Ken, because it looks like you ch- also choked in the Royal Rumble. Nice return, buddy. And then all-, all of a sudden, Ken wants to fight Kurt. Ken wants to fight someone, but he mostly wants to fight Kurt. Kurt pulls out a doctor's note, says he can't, he can't wrestle because because of the choke from the night before. The doctor can't clear him to wrestle. Total bitch. So a historical main event is made for the first time ever. An extreme newcomer versus the ultimate returning superstar. On Raw, we're going to have the human suplex machine Taz versus Ken Shamrock. Now already, Cole, this became a take it up with creative Taz edition because already <laughs> already, the follow up from 2000's Royal Rumble for Taz's debut has already been vastly better for A, Taz, and B, if Ken Shamrock did decide to return here. Uh, any thoughts on the possibilities of Taz versus Ken Shamrock? It was a match I didn't know I needed until I wrote it down.
0: Right, and that's one of the ones that did pop into my head when I started thinking about, like, oh, you know, for there in 2000, because I looked at WrestleMania 2000 kind of just as a target for, you know, who's there, what's going on in the t- at this at this moment, and it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. Uh, it's definitely one of the matches I went, oh, Shamrock and Taz would be great. You know Shamrock and the Radicals would be great. Like there's just so many matchups. If Ken Shamrock hangs around for one more year, mm-hmm. that would have been phenomenal. So yeah, I'm right there with you. It's it is I'm 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 going on this ride with you. I'm I'm here for it.
1: All right, awesome. So Kurt Angle ruins the match, and the match ends in a no contest. But Taz and Ken have a nod of respect towards each other towards the end after they shit can Kurt. So that's a nice episode of Raw. We didn't get the finish we wanted, but it was also a match on Raw. So it was one of those main events. It was one of those main events that we got, but we didn't get the closure. So you know, maybe we leave that open for the future. Kurt is insulted to be considered on the same level as Ken and Taz. Says Taz is a low rent street creature, and Ken-, and Ken is the ultimate fraud. He is the only Olympic gold medalist, and therefore is better than all of them. Hmm. <laughs> And then from the crowd, we hear someone who vehemently disagrees. And we look over, and it's Dean Malenko, who at this time, the radicals have been in the crowd just observing. And so when they see this segment go on, the man of a thousand holds surely has some shit to speak against these shooters, right? And already, and uh, you know, as I'm reading this and as I wrote this, i you know i'm looking at ken shamrock i'm kind of using him as a beacon to give the rub to guys that didn't get a fair shake you know already taz and dean malenko mean way more so for that smackdown this is on smackdown by the way we had the big main event on raw between taz and ken shamrock on smackdown during this little kerfuffle of a segment we're gonna get a surprise main event Dean Malenko versus Kurt Angle on SmackDown because Kurt Angle is burying everybody because he's an Olympic gold medalist. Yes. So Kurt versus Dean Malenko to main event SmackDown with Ken Shamrock on commentary. Ken is, you know, describing that Kurt is ducking him. You know, he wants the match with him. He gave him a doctor's note. He had to wrestle Taz. It was a great match, good experience, but he wants Kurt in the ring. And now he's watching, now he's observing Dean Malenko and Kurt Angle in the ring on SmackDown. And Kurt gets himself disqualified by goading Ken into hitting him. What a heel. What a sports entertainment douche heel. So Ken finally gets Kurt at No Way Out. And they're going in a Lion's Den match. You, you, talk, you, you say you're, you're a grappler. You say you're an Olympic gold medalist. Well, why don't you meet me in my environment? Let's get in the octagon and let's see who can really go. And fitting, it's called No Way Out. Kurt's got No Way Out of this match with Ken Shamrock. They have the match. Ken defeats Kurt Angle because Kurt escapes the cage. Kurt believes he won because in his new environment, escaping the cage means you win a match. But that's not the <laughs> rules of a lion's den match. This isn't sports entertainment, pal. We're shooters. So Kurt goes on to just describe his triumphant victory against the Ultimate Fighter by escaping the lion's den cage. But on paper, Ken Shamrock won. So we're we're very much leaning into Kurt Hengel's chicken shit heel run when he first got to the company. And it seems like the former Olympic gold medalist who won the Olympics with a broken freaking neck has already been well acclimated to the sports entertainment life and is clearly being a little bitch and running away from the Ultimate Fighter this whole time. So, finally, an Ultimate Challenge is presented to the Olympic hero. He says, fine, you want to go there? I'm challenging you to a pro wrestling match at Wrestlemania. The Ultimate Fighter versus the Olympic Gold Medalist in our new environment. Let's settle this once and for all on who's the best in this environment in our new professional endeavor. And so, we have the big match. And Kurt Angle, this is where Kurt Angle loses to Ken Shamrock. But you know, this isn't going to hurt Kurt Angle. All it does is that, you know, he just, he lost to the Ultimate Fighter. He's still going to go on and win King of the Ring that year. Become the Eurocontinental Champion. Kurt Angle is on a trajectory. This was just mainly for Ken Sharma to come in and give all these guys the rub as like the most dangerous man, ultimate real guy, and he's coming. Yeah. To, he's coming to reclaim his throne at the beginning of the at the beginning of the year, and that's the big freaking program that I had to get him back in the door. You know, get him in a match with Taz, get him in a match with Dean, have the big blow off with Kurt Angle at WrestleMania 16, making that shit of a show. Vastly better than it it was already. Uh, And then a big gap goes by. Ken Shamrock is back. And I just kind of wrote this and added this at the end. Because right now, Ken Shamrock is responsible for raising raising some boats up with his high tide of legitimacy. Now I want him to get the rub from the top guys of the company. Now, as you know, during the summer, there's a big mystery going on. And Mick Foley is on the case trying to find out who... Ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> the year prior at Ivor Series. And Ken Shamrock comes out and says, Hey, former union member, I'm going to join this cause because I don't like that. I don't like vehicular manslaughter. And you know what? When we do right. find this person, when we do find this person, they're going to find out that nobody hits harder than the most dangerous man. And then a video resurfaces or surfaces rather. If it resurfaced, it would have surfaced already. But a video surfaces of the running over of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then a camera angle has been caught of the driver and they do little fancy cleanup stuff. And as they reveal that it was Ken' Shamrock, Ken Shamrock hits Stone Cold with the chair from behind, gets on the microphone and says, "You see Steve, nobody hits harder than the most dangerous man. And you found that out a year before, and you found that out now, and that, sir, is where I'm going to end things. Because I have no outcome between him and Stone Cold. I'll leave that up to the imagination to you, and the people at home.
0: No, it's good. I, uh, <clears throat> I think that would have been a uh, that would have definitely been a better outcome than
1: Rikishi, Rikishi <laughs> did
0: it for The Rock, and uh, uh, I just the way that whole storyline played out after we found out it was Rikishi, like, just sucked. Like, I was okay with it being Kishi, but, like, I'd, he's one of those guys that he was so over as a babyface, but not not in the way that anyone took him, like, really seriously as a babyface. Like, he was just one of those special attractions on the card that you like to see. It was going to be a good time. And... and and the fans liked him and enjoyed him, but they weren't necessarily fully behind Rikishi and didn't necessarily want him to go on to be the world champion or anything like that. And so like the heel turn just was, really felt disingenuous and it just didn't feel like him anymore. And it you know, Rikishi wasn't that baby face that had like that air of arrogance to him, like that 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 cockiness. Like a lot of baby faces, can have a little bit of that cockiness. Like, I think John Cena has a little bit of that. He's, you know, he's, he's a nice guy. He's great. He's humble. But at the same time, you got, like, that air of cockiness out of John Cena where you could see him being a heel. I feel like Rikishi was just all the way white meat, baby face, like, fun-loving, big, happy guy. Like, I didn't work for me. So, Ken Shamrock being a ruthless asshole who wants to take out the top guy Because he's never really gotten that opportunity makes sense. The fact that he's the most badass dude on the planet and he needed a car is a little silly, (laughs) but it's fun. I like it, I like everything about it. I like the idea of having Ken Shamrock elevate these new guys and establish them on the roster. And I like the idea of work, you know, of him and Kurt having a match, which may come up on my end as well because um, I think it's the obvious thing, the ankle locks, everything. I think that's where you go anyway. but uh, getting using though using Shamrock to raise those guys while also raising his stock and then rubbing him up against the top guys, it's pr- I think it's good. I don't I don't necessarily see Ken Shamrock being the world heavyweight champion. you know, I just don't think he has enough charisma to be the tippy top guy. I I don't think he's spectacular in the ring. He's believable. His matches were pretty good, but like he just isn't like the tippy top, you know, main focus guy for me. But I have an idea where we could make him a bigger star and show his personality and maybe just maybe we get to a point where we almost have to have a short title run for Ken Shamrock. So I, I'm i going to take a little bit of liberty here, and we'll go back to, to 1999 when Ken Shamrock wants to make his return to MMA. He wants to go back, <laughs> especially under in recent times where we've seen that flat-out UFC and WWE is the same freaking company now. Why couldn't we do that in 2000? Maybe not the same company, but let's work together. We've seen, obviously, WWE was trading on the fact that Ultimate <laughs> Fighting was picking up attention. Otherwise, they never would have had Dan Severn on their television. They probably wouldn't have had Ken Shermock on there and treated him like such a big deal if they hadn't seen the value in MMA. So I'm going to go, We're we're the guys in charge. That's why we get to rewrite this history. I'm going to go talk with UFC and I'm going to set something up with Ken Shamrock and I'm going to start promoting this. So what I'm going to do is have Ken Shamrock go out on my television and say, Hey, you know, I've loved my time here in the WWE and I want to continue here, but my first love, my true passion is mixed martial arts and I've worked it out with the company. I'm going to stay with WWE. I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to return to ultimate fighting. So I won't be here full time. I won't be here all the time because I need to train. And, you know, I definitely need the six weeks. I'm going to, you know, every time I'm going to fight, I'm going to have to be away for eight weeks to do my training camp and get ready for my fight. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be off parts of the year. Um, But then I would make sure with ultimate fighter, them going, Hey, this guy's been out of the sport for a few years. He's not infallible because Minoru Suzuki beat him twice. Uh, Dan Severn beat him once. He beat Dan Severn once. He lost to you know he lost to uh, Hoist Gracie a couple times. So we know he's not unbeatable. But he beat Boss Rooten twice, and Boss Rooten's a fucking beast who's skilled beyond. So I'm gonna make sure. Hey, we want to do this thing. Let's cope. Let's you know do some cross promotion here. But let's give him some tune up fights. Let's make sure the first couple uh of four ways back into MMA or against some tomato cans. You know, let's feed him a couple guys who aren't as tough, aren't as skilled, maybe even are, you know, not in great shape. Let's just get him a couple wins, uh, you know, and then we'll build up to something bigger. So, in the meantime, Kurt Angle joins the roster. And now I've got this gold Olympic gold medalist so and, and Kurt is is doing the chicken shit heel thing. So, after shamrock's first fight in mma big win first round knockout cool he's back on wwe tv we're co-promoting this kin shamrock or kurt angle see i did it <laughs> kurt angle goes out of his way to make sure he gets to bump into kin shamrock in the back and he just you know kurt is just like oh man it'd be so great we could work together you know we'll we'll trade our skills like we we'll, we would be an unbeatable team who could beat an Olympic gold? I mean, you know, you're, you, you're a mixed martial artist. You've been a world champion. Like you're a great fighter, but you know, I want a gold medal with a broken freaking neck who could beat us. Like we're two real athletes and Shamrock kind of downplays it a little bit, but decides, Hey, I can get help with my wrestling and this and that. Okay. Maybe I'm going to do this. So they're a little bit of a reluctant tag team at first, but they start working together and they're just out there destroying guys, trying to one up each other. Like there's a little bit of even like a the competition amongst the tag team where you, you can feel the tension of them butting heads a little bit, but at the same time, they're just an unstoppable force. And within a couple months, they become the world heavyweight tag team champions of the world because who's going to beat these guys? No one can beat these guys. And they're feuding with edge and christian and, and we've got the Dudleys and we got the Hardys at this point.
1: oh yes, like oh, if they get added to the if they added to the TLC match, they just called it a, <laughs> they called a shoots and ladders match <laughs> oh,
0: oh, I'm so glad I got that out of you, <laughs> but one of the main. Uh, things that's happening here is that the Radicals also joined the roster and uh, everyone's been saying that Chris Benoit is the best wrestler in the world and Eddie Guerrero and we've got Jericho so I'm thinking that it's going to be phenomenal when we have a Kurt Angle, Kin Shamrock feud against the Radicals because then we've got a Dean Malenko Perry Saturn match and then we've got Eddie Guerrero Chris Benoit versus Kurt Angle, Ken Shamrock in a world tag team title match. That would be absolutely phenomenal. Um, And then uh, when Shamrock's ready to go for his next fight, we got to have some shenanigans. I don't really care who they drop the titles to because it's not important to our storyline with Ken Shamrock, but something is going to happen where Ken Shamrock screws up or Kurt Angle screws up, but Ken Shamrock is going to get pinned. And they're going to lose the tag titles. And Angle is going to snap his ankle after the match. <laughs> uh, you know, probably not great in storyline. But we know he's got to go away. So we're going to, you know, Angle's going to lose his temper after the match. He's going to beat him down, leave Shamrock laying. Shamrock goes off to train for his next match. Me, All the while, Kurt Angle is just running his mouth. Talking about how he ran Shamrock out of WWE. Da, da 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 Shamrock goes out for his next fight. Hopefully wins. With a snapped I'm... ankle? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He didn't break his ankle, but he, he injured him pretty good. Oh, they, so wrote, he... him okay. yeah, they wrote him off TV. Okay. They wrote him off TV. Yeah, he didn't okay. actually break his ankle. But... <laughs> so Shamrock's out training. He's got his MMA fight coming up. All the while, Angle's running his mouth, talking shit. Shamrock gets to his next match. Hopefully, this will be his second tune up. So, hopefully, he wins <laughs> because we're not going to work these UFC matches. They are what they are. Yeah. If Shamrock mm-hmm. loses, he loses. And, you know, our storyline's dead in the water. Um, so, we made sure we fed him two, two tomato cans. And then mm-hmm. the third Kin Shamrock fight is where things are going to get interesting. So, Shamrock wins his second fight. He's there. We're on UFC pay per view. Kurt Angle barges into the fucking octagon and it's just running his mouth, dressing him down. And they have a legit like they Kurt shoots on him and they're legit like shoot wrestling. Oh, in the
1: it's, it's their Tyson and, and Austin. And,
0: yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, total shoot. And so, I mean, it's everyone's pulling these guys apart. We, we don't know whether this is a work or a shoot. Next night, the next Monday night Raw, Joe Rogan
1: gets Olympic slammed. Yes, that would be so great.
0: Oh, oh he's hurt. <laughs> that would be so amazing. Oh. <laughs> so we're on Raw, and Kurt Angle goes out, and Shamrock comes out, and they just brawl. Like, they don't even talk. They don't face off. They're brawling. They get it pulled apart. Um, Vince McMahon calls for a sit down. If anyone throws a punch, or whoever the commissioner. Did they have a commissioner yeah, back Mick in line? Okay, so perfect. Mick Foley. Mick Foley calls for a sit-down, and they set up, oh, guys, here's what I want to pitch. You guys are going to have a match, the next pay-per-view, wherever we're at, because we're going to have to work around the MMA schedule, so it's going to be a little awkward. So I don't have target pay-per-views here. But Shamrock versus Kurt Angle, one-on-one. Let's squash this. They go out there for the match. They have, you know, they have the match. They're both trading ankle locks. They're doing all this stuff. Eventually it just turns into a brawl. And they end up on the outside and they're brawling. They're using furniture. Double disqualification, double count out. No decision. It gets tossed. We have to have the backstage area cleared out again. Cause these guys are shit. And and we got like bloody lips. We got, I mean, th- these guys are really going hard on each other to make this shit believable and laying it in. And so So they call for a rematch. Shamrock wants a rematch. Angle goes, I'll only wrestle you if it's an Olympic-style wrestling rules match and and Shamrock counters. That's fine. I'll do that. But you have to agree to fight me in the main event of UFC, whatever number we're on at this point. So we're going to have the wrestling rules match and since Kurt Angle is a shit heel, he's going to win. We're not gonna we're I mean, this is gonna be a worked shoot. They're gonna be really grappling, they're gonna be really rolling around around,
1: around on the ground. The way brawl for um, all should have been.
0: Right. Right. Um yes, a worked shoot. Mm-hmm. Correct. And so Angle's gonna, you know, Shermark's gonna catch him with something, and Angle's gonna be, you know, lose points and he's gonna be down on points, and angle's just gonna cheat and just like kick him in the fucking face, beat him down, bloody him up, leave him laying on the mat. Shamrock's angle's disqualified, and now that's left, all that's left is the UFC pay-per-view. So we're building up to a real shoot fight. Kurt Angle versus Ken Shamrock on pay-per-view. UFC, whatever number it is, legit shoot. We have no control over the outcome. Whatever happens, happens. And then we go from there. So if angle can out wrestle him for real and stay away from Shamrock's submission game and his striking, then angle maybe angle wins, especially since he's a little closer to his prime at this point than Shamrock was. But, um, yeah, we build up to a legit fight. Um, you know, we make sure that the worked matches Shamrock doesn't lose in WWE at any of this point. Um, you know, angle's not losing much. Uh, You know, we're building things up when when Shamrock's gone, even when Angle's doing the promo. Sorry, I got to go back and insert something into that. You know, when Shamrock's running his mouth, we'll have him out there just feeding him jobbers and he's wrestling them on the mat now and and submitting them. He even starts putting on his fucking gloves and going out there for MMA fights in the ring. Like Angle totally hamming all this shit up. He does like
1: fake like Rocky montages. And, like, yes. crying training, like, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm amazing. And, yeah, like, you know, uh, in, with Kurt Angle's time in the in, uh, WWF, like, he, he, like, randomly started using the ankle lock. It'd be great that in storyline when he, like, snapped his ankle and wrote him off TV, that's when yeah. he inherits the ankle lock as, a, yeah. as an extra rub it in Ken Shamrock's face. You know, I took the ankle lock from him absolutely so yeah i mean i think that would be the big uh blow off
0: and it it would have done a huge buy rate i think olympic gold medalist versus a a legit badass shoot fighter um and we've got the wwe fans that are going to watch ufc for the first time at that point you know i i think it would have been a huge thing And, and really whatever happens on that i mean if it were me i'd be hoping kurt angle won but even if he doesn't, he's Kurt Angle, and he's a chicken shit heel, so he can talk his way out of
1: it. It's fine. Oh, or we can do the first ever artsy-as-fuck double turn in a real UFC match. <laughs> like, you know, Kurt Angle could just be out-wrestling him, like avoiding all yeah. of these punches and kicks, and Kurt Angle will yeah. be out-wrestling him, and then just in a brief moment, Ken Shamrock gives him a fucking kick to the nuts. Like, oh, wow. But like he loses points and he plays it off that it was that it was like an accident. But then he'll give like the Bret Hart subtle look at the camera like that wasn't a, right. that wasn't an accident. So yeah. he lost points, but he's got him vulnerable enough to well, he'll he'll he can knock him out now. And it's a fucking fluke win. And it's a double turn for the ages. Oh, my God. Like he completely fucked over this big ass blockbuster fight because he found out the hard way that he was getting out-wrestled by an Olympian. Oh, yeah. Oh. oh, sorry. I'm going off on a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that
0: would be the great, that would be a great finish. You know, if, if Shamrock just resorted to dirty tactics and law, it got a point deduction on purpose. Oh,
1: you see Dana and Vince like trading money in the background. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, but that I mean, in a nutshell, that's my idea for, you know, Shamrock and Angle as a badass tag team to real, you know, uh, I mean, really uh, MMA disciplined fighters, whether it be wrestling or, or jujitsu or whatever. Those are all mixed martial arts discipline. So we got that super tag team and then it blows up because Kurt Angle's an egomaniacal maniac in the world of sports and entertainment. So, it, But building up to a legit UFC main event, I think that would have been huge um, and, and maybe would have given the company a little bit of a boost in 2000, 2001 when things were starting to get a little stale and then the NWO happened and like prolonged it for another couple years. And then, you know.
1: We certainly did right back Ken Shermack and quite a few other characters that didn't get a fair shake. This ended up being a ticket up a creative fucking 2000 edition. It was a really just a downer, (laughs) downer year that year. And, you know, just even the inclusion of Mr. Shamrock could have helped things.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where, where, you know, I, I I said Shamrock's not, maybe not one of the guys I opined for. I wasn't the biggest Ken Shamrock fan. I liked him. um, (laughs) But like, he just felt like a guy in the roster was there who was solid. I mean, you need those kind of guys on the roster, but You know, just talking about his credibility and what he brought to the table to professional wrestling. Like when you start discussing, you're like, "Wow, he really was a bigger deal than he than he may have felt like in the time for the sport of professional wrestling, as opposed to the entertainment that is professional wrestling." And, And and you're right. I mean, he was a huge part of the mystique of the WrestleMania 13 match like I don't think it would have been the same with anyone else in that match. Shamrock added a little bit of of that credibility to that match just by being there.
1: So Yeah, and you know, I I I'm not even like quick to say that he didn't have charisma because he did in his own way. He right. just had the unfortunate task of being a co-star with people like The Rock, Stone Cold, The Undertaker, uh I'll even say Jim Cornette, Paul Bear, Jim Ross, all these people that are larger-than-life characters on this right. television show, and you are only getting by with your credibility in the real world of sports. It's going to be hard for you to be that larger-than-life character as surrounded by all these people. So, you know, like like I said, the iconic get-out-of-my-way scream and the dog food uh, match with Bulldog, you know, yeah. I, 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 dare I say that, you know, if you haven't, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't if you don't have a fond memory of Ken Shamrock's contributions to the business, it's because A, it was a short time period, or B, maybe you're just not remembering it fondly. And I strongly suggest you go back and review some Ken Shamrock in WWF. It's uh it's really good, all things considering. It's very it's a very yeah. good run in hindsight.
0: Yeah, he could be another one of those that's like edge for me now, where if you dropped a 30-year-old Ken Shamrock into the wrestling business today, he'd be one of the biggest stars and he'd be you know he'd seem like he was a charismatic crazy figure by by today's standards as opposed to being in the middle of the hottest era of professional wrestling in the business like
1: yeah yeah i mean you he certainly had good company and it was a, it was also a detriment just because when you have that many charismatic giants around you it's hard to stand out that's why it's one of my favorite right. it's one of my favorite times in wrestling like him in 2002 during where the roster was just Mwah! would have been yeah. just, him and John Cena would have been great during the rap stuff. Woo. I would have loved that. Oh, Shawn Michaels coming back in the uh, 2002, the Christian Shawn Michaels versus Ken Shamrock would have been great because he would have gave Shamrock the match. He should have gotten at the DX pay-per-view. Um, right. You know,
0: well, but, but even think about Ken Shamrock, like a couple years early, uh, like if he was there in 1993 or 94, you know, like, if Shamrock's in WWE in 94 with the same pedigree... he the champion. Like, Easily. Yeah he, yeah, he would have been the world heavyweight champion for sure. Easily. Because I, I think you go Shamrock over, over Sean. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe not... I mean, I'd go Shamrock over Diesel, but, like, Vin, I think Vince had to have those failures to understand it was time to move on. Brett would totally from put over to Shamrock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because Brett offered, from everything we know and we've heard, anyway... Brett offered to put Shamrock, put the belt on Shamrock instead of Sean, you know, to to avoid the screw job from Mm -hmm. happening. Right. But, you know,
1: it's 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 Vince's call. So, well, it's certainly been a great episode, Cole. We actually got more out of this episode than I thought we were going to. Uh, We did. We did very good by Ken Shamrock, you know, and I'm just going to use. Uh, this as a question to kind of build up to what we're doing next week, or for the next two weeks, rather. But I'm going to ask you a question. What does Bret Hart and Ken Shamrock have in common? I don't know, Ronald. Please tell me. They are both the King of the Ring, Cole. Oh, King of the Ring. And that's going to be a good subject for what we're going to be talking about for the next two weeks, Cole, because we're also going to be going back to something that we like to do, something that we claim is our favorite thing to do. We never say that about anything else, Uh, but we're going to be having a good old-fashioned draft, Cole, and we're calling this the King of the Ring Draft, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to have a nice twist on our draft just like we did for the Survivor Series one where me and Cole made our own Survivor Series teams. Me and Cole... Are going to make our own King of the Ring tournaments and present them as a show like we normally do. There are only 16 documented Kings of the Ring. That's including King of the Ring winners and King Gimmicks. And we're going to go for the jugular and try to get as well, try to get the best ones. We both have different opinions on who we think the best kings are, (laughs) so it's gonna be fun to pick these. And when we do. We are going to make our cards out of tournaments. And it's up to the judge's discretion. Who won the King of the Ring tournament? What matches did we book to get there? We're basically booking our own tournaments. It's a combination of our bracket and the draft, ladies and gentlemen. Combinations galore. I'm like Mephisto from South Park. I'm making the the ape with five asses. It's going to be great. But Cole, it's going to be a new spin on the draft. I like new things. We can either shit the bed or... have a triumphant episode i'm going for triumphant episode any thoughts or prayers on this concept the king of the ring draft
0: i can't wait until one of us has to draft king barrett i'm so excited for king barrett to make his uh bracket slash draft debut on this show
1: well if you're hoping to win with king barrett on your roster i'm afraid i've got some bad
0: news All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Yes, join us next week for part one of the King of the Ring draft for Ron Kilborn. I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you. And good night. Mwah
1: thanks for listening find us on instagram and twitter at creative team pod or just the creative team on facebook follow cole dawson on twitter and instagram at cole 2130 and follow yours truly at ron underscore kilborn we'll see you next week on another episode of the creative team